This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. This week on Still Ripples, we finally reach the end of the book of Job, and we get to see Job's repentance and restoration. and welcome to this week's Still Ripples. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Well, guys, we have finally arrived after a couple of years and a few changes in topic and subject, but we have made it to the end of the book of Job. Chapter 42 is what we'll be reading this evening. So, uh, Brian, I guess for one last time of Job, why don't you kind of bring us up to date and what does the chapter say? Well, in the previous chapter, we saw that, uh, you know, God... Talked about the Leviathan, and we, mm-hmm. we got to see. You know, he, he posed questions to Job. You know, and essentially, what you get out of that, if you cannot, if you're not able to tame and control a creature like this, that's a creature. You know, you know, it's created being just like you. Then, you know, and then he referenced that back to himself. Then he's like, then how do you expect to basically, you know, say these things about me or whatever? You know, how, how do you say that you know things and know everything? But um, when we get into chapter 42, uh, all the various uh, translations have their final. They have a very, uh, it's very final in, in their end in how they talk about these. But we see, as, as uh, the New American Standard Bible says, uh, verses 1 through 6, Job's confession. A lot of them kind of mention that. They'll talk about Job's confession, his repentance and such. Verses 7 through 9 in the New American Standard Bible, uh, God displeased with Job's friends. Verses 10 through 17, God's, God restores Job's fortunes. Tonight we're going to read down the New King James Version, and it only has one title, Job's Repentance and Restoration. The English Standard Version breaks it up into three parts, verses 1-6, through six, Job's Confession and Repentance, verses 7-9, through nine, the Lord rebukes Job's friends, and verses 10-17, through 17, the Lord restores Job's fortunes. The God's Word Translation breaks it up into two parts, verses 1-6, through six, Job speaks, I admit that I was wrong. Verses 7-17, through 17, Job's life is restored. The New Living Translation breaks it up into two parts. Uh, verses 1 through 6, Job responds to the Lord. Verses 7 through 17, conclusion, the Lord blesses Job. The Holman Christian uh, Bible breaks it up into two parts as well. Verses 1 through 9, Job replies to the Lord. Verses 10 through 17, God restores Job. The Net Bible breaks it up into two parts Job's confession, verses 1 through 6, and verses 7 through 17, the epilogue. The Message Bible breaks it up into two parts as well. Verses 1-6, through six, Job worships God, I babbled on about things far beyond me. In verses 7-17, through 17, God restores Job, I will accept his prayer. Alright, well guys, let's jump right in. Job 42, starting in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did, not under, what I did not understand, 
Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And so it was, after the, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. And we'll uh, stop right there. You know, looking at this first part, um, as many translations kind of uh, pointed out, it's the repentance of Job. And, you know, Job comes out and admits, you know, I, God, I, I misspoke. Um, you know, I, I, I uttered what I did not understand. And, you know, he, he has it in a repentant heart. He's not just saying it kind of like a kid might trying to get out of trouble. Well, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he heard what God had to say, and now he's, he's giving an honest reply. Yeah. You know, and I think that that, that warrants something of note because it's, it's easy to, to do something wrong and just say, well, well, you know, I'm sorry about it. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to, you know, my bad. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. That's certainly a credit to him, but also, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's the, the quick out where you can mm-hmm. oh, you know, you know, let's, let's move on. And then there's what I used to do as a mm-hmm. kid. Even when facing you being wrong, you're facing mm-hmm. your wrongness, essentially, and then I would argue and argue mm-hmm. and argue because it's just like, well, you know, I'm going to get my point across and then argue to the extent of trying to change the mind of the other person or just, you know, argue to show and just deny, 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 deny. Mm-hmm. No. I think there's there's some spiritual maturity in here mm-hmm. because Job, he's fa- as you said, he's facing all of his, you know, what he did wrong here. You know, God mm-hmm. laid out all this evidence, laid out, you know, hey, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you understand, you know, how, how far all these things are and how much? Mm-hmm. But... He sees all this and he admits. He even mm-hmm. quotes God here. I, I love that part. He goes, "You asked, who is this that hides counsel without knowledge?" Mm-hmm. Job could have took offense to that and be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone that doesn't have knowledge or whatever." No, he, he is humbled by mm-hmm. it. That is the proper response when when God shows us our wrong. Instead mm-hmm. of taking offense to what we did, he's humbled by mm-hmm. it and he acknowledges God and he says, "You know what? I did do wrong. I don't know." Mm-hmm. And, 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 and in a sense, I can go back to one of those translations and, and where, where it talks about uh, God, uh, Job worships God and say, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. in a sense he was because he was acknowledging God's authority. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the other neat things about it, there are no questions that Job brings. He, it, it's more of a confession of the things that he, he did and the parts where he misspoke. <laughs> and he acknowledged you know, he even in uh, I believe it was a uh, chapter forty-one when he said, "You know, I don't speak 
Uh, I cover my mouth. I have nothing more to say. And that's something that I think especially we as Christians kind of lose sight of sometimes is that repentance. You know, especially when you come to know Christ at a younger age, it's easy to become complacent and forget the true power and authority that God has um, to a fault. And, you know, I've, I've fallen victim to this numerous times, and it's you, I lose sight of the importance of having a repentant heart and having true repentance. Because I know that I've, I've prayed many a times, you know, Lord, forgive me for where I messed up and, you know, blah, 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 the end. Amen. But what Job is showing here is something far greater. It goes deeper. He's actually searched himself mm-hmm. and, you know, humbled himself, find himself, found himself lacking in the face of the Almighty and realizes and respects the power and authority that God has to say what he says. And, you know, God could have... It could have done so many things, but from here, you know, he turns his focus focus onto Job's friends, and even when he's talking to to Job's friends, he's kind of lifting Job up in this, mm-hmm. saying that, uh, you know, Job understands what it takes. So you take these to Job for a sacrifice, and I'll listen to him. Otherwise, you are gonna get. My full wrath. Yeah, and see, that, that's where we, uh, you know, early on in uh-huh. the podcast when we were addressing the issue of, you know, controversy within this, mm-hmm. we mentioned how Job could be like a Christ type. Mm-hmm. And this is where we were coming from with that because Job had intercessory prayer and everything. Mm-hmm. He, he interceded for his friends mm-hmm. and offered the sacrifice and everything for them. So that's like what Christ does for us. He, in, he has interceded on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And so we can kind of see a Christ up there. But uh, one thing that I want to mention, and I believe this came out of uh, 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 Warren Wearsby's book, uh, Be Patient. And I thought it was a beautiful quote, and it kind of touches on what you mentioned last time, Greg, which I thought mm-hmm. was was actually very beautiful. Uh, talking about how, you know, why this, you know, why else could this book have been written aside from, uh, you know, suffering for someone else's benefits as well, mm-hmm. you know, be, uh, showing a Christ type. Uh, it was mentioned in there, it says, Job told God, and this is a quote from Be Patient, Job told God, I can't answer your questions. All I can do is confess my pride, humble myself, and repent. I mm-hmm. thought that was beautiful. And they go on to say, uh, he goes on to say, until now, Job's knowledge of God had been indirect and impersonal, but that ha- that was changed. God, uh, excuse me, Job had met God personally and seen himself to be but, quote, dust and ashes. Mm-hmm. We forget that. Remember, this book is old, mm-hmm. and and there's evidence in here that it, that the book may have came about, or it's about uh, during the patriarchal era. So there is no law yet. Mm-hmm. The law has not been given. This is prior to Moses, and so there is this impersonal relationship. But often we 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 see, we have seen in Scripture that a personal relationship with God has arisen mm-hmm. in that era amongst various uh, various types. I mean, we saw it. You know, God spoke to Noah. Mm-hmm. We saw God speak to Abraham. We saw him speak to uh, to Isaac and Jacob and all of them. And here we have him speaking to Job. There is no law. There's only this per- impersonal understanding of God, this, uh, this idea of the natural law and everything. And so... We see, like, like, like Abraham, for instance, he mm-hmm. says, "Surely the judge of, of all the earth will do what is right." So there, there's all this, 
this understanding of this impersonal understanding of God, and then and yet here here is God coming to the personal mm-hmm. and making it personal and having relationship mm-hmm. yet again. And one thing that I thought was awesome, and this, and this kind of will I guess blow your mind a little bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was cool, you know, mm-hmm. before uh, before the podcast. In the uh, we we see I'm going to tell you right now in the book of Job you'll see at least four times where God says my servant Job right mm-hmm. he says it I think at least twice before the book or when the book begins mm-hmm. and then he said it twice just in this chapter I don't know about you mm-hmm. but I believe God to be omniscient he has to be mm-hmm. all knowing in order to be God he has to know all things right. Mm-hmm. He said, my servant Job, before this thing even happened, knowing what Job was going to do. And mm-hmm. he called him my servant Job, my servant Job, when he was whenever he was talking to uh, Satan. And then he continued to call him it afterwards. How mm-hmm. awesome is that? Mm-hmm. He knew what all Job was going to do, what he was going to decide, that Job would confess and all that. But mm-hmm. he knew this all prior to or, uh, beforehand, and he didn't refer to him as, you know, that guy Job over there. No, he mm-hmm. said, my servant, Job, making it personal, making oh, yeah. it relational. Mm-hmm. And then he says it again at the end. Yeah, and the thing that I really love about that, which you you really hit, the, hit it there, is the repentance that Job had and the relationship that God had with Job, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes it's easy to to take our relationship with Christ because it is a personal relationship, yeah. and to take that for granted and kind of get in the mindset that Job had. But you know, God has a way of of showing His great power and His authority. I mean, I remember as a kid doing stuff with my dad. You know, that I'm like, hey, I can do this. This is easy. But every once in a while, my dad would do something that there's no way I could accomplish and it kind of reset his authority not trying to humanize God or anything but you know God wants that personal relationship with us and then there are times that he does things that are just so amazing just yeah, it so reaffirms great. his authority in exactly. your life exactly yeah it's like it's like you were the dead I mean mm-hmm. you have that that personal relationship but there are times where God has to show you you mm-hmm. know hey I have authority over mm-hmm. you you know in yeah. your life and everything there's that there is. There are times when we have to be humble. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. And I think uh, you know another thing that really stood out to me. You know, God wasn't talking to Job's friends just to be talking. He even gave a reason about why he would do what he was going to do. Uh, when it says, you know, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. You know, he he points out there is a penalty for not speaking right of God and you know it's in, in this day and age there's so many people who, who proclaim that you know I'm, I'm speaking for God God says this God says that without true understanding of who God is or an understanding of what his word says and sometimes there are people that read the word that use it in the wrong ways and there is a penalty for that you can't keep speaking lies and expect to get away from it. Yeah, you know, Greg. One, uh, you know, still on this idea of you know the verse that you point out, verse eight. For mm-hmm. I will accept him. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. According to, when he's talking to Job's friends, mm-hmm. and he mentions uh, because you have not spoken of me what is right as my uh, servant Job has. Mm-hmm. And we have to ask the question. And I, I, I was looking at a commentary. It was a teacher's commentary. It was actually good in the really uh, good in this section. And it asked a very good question. It said, "How did Job speak?" What was right, and his friends incurred God's anger in the dialogue. That's a good question because mm-hmm. 
we look at it, we read it, and we're like, how did Job speak what was right? You know, he spoke a lot of things, and some of the things that he, didn't, he did not speak were right. Mm-hmm. But I like what they said, uh, the writers of it said. They said, perhaps because only Job was willing to test his concept of God against his own experience and observation. And they go on to say, true faith is no retreat from reality, but a willingness to face mystery. Job's three friends were unwilling to admit the possibility that their understanding of God might be imperfect. I think that's a beautiful answer because how many times, you know, when we discuss stuff, when anybody discusses stuff, I mean, do we have that little bit of pride in this? And we're like, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. I mean, so many times, you know, even in our conversations, Greg, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. I I, I can clearly sense Mm -hmm. that you're right. And I'm like, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong, so I'm going to argue. Mm -hmm. And that's what is happening here throughout Job. They're debating Job. They're arguing and like, I don't want to, they don't want to admit it. They don't want to Mm -hmm. test their idea of what God could be, and that's what it is. It's their idea of God, not who God is. And mm-hmm. that's what he, you know, Job tested, and he had this idea of God, and then as soon as God says, hey, this is how it is, and Job's like, you know what, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. And so that is right. Mm-hmm. That is true. And that is true faith, In or, you know, true faith is tested faith. Mm-hmm. And Job was willing to test his faith. He didn't retreat. He didn't back down. And then whenever reality reality came, you know, against that mystery or whatever, he was like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you're right, God, you're yeah. right. And I think uh, I really like the the point that you made that you know Job's friends had an idea of God, not who God really is. And yeah. I think that you know, in a lot of ways, sometimes we kind of fall into that category yeah. where we think you know God is this, but on the contrary. God is nothing like that. It yeah. may be a small aspect of God, but it's not who God really is. And there's there's a big difference between an, just an idea and a thought yeah. and what something really is. Yeah, and, and it's beautiful that we have his revealed word. Exactly. So we can see it. Mm-hmm. So it is, so it isn't just nature and stuff that we're gleaning, mm-hmm. you know, aspects of God. We're able to see his revealed word and go, okay, this is God. And then he has a personal relationship with us. Mm-hmm. And you know, and earlier when I said he didn't back down, I'm talking about that he was willing mm-hmm. to test his faith and he was test this idea of God as opposed to just arguing and debating and saying, well, this is how it is. So, mm-hmm. continuing on in verse 9. So Eliphaz the Tenemite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite, Nahum, Nah sorry, I'm not very good at these, I'll admit that. Went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, and uh, all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been in his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all excuse me, for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters, and he called them, and he called the name of the first <laughs> Jimima, and the name of the second, Kezia, uh, and the name of the third, Karen Hepuch. I am sorry for mm-hmm. any people that are offended by that. I can't, I can't pronounce them very well. Mm-hmm. 
In the land, uh, excuse me, in all, in all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Uh, I just want to make a point at the end. There's a difference between living a, a living, you know, a life mm-hmm. and dying and living a life that is full of years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what that's essentially saying is, you know, he he felt fulfilled. I mean, he mm-hmm. felt. I mean, he lived a life that one can look at that life and say, you know, wow, that that was a life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's so beautiful that it ends this way. I mean, it, it easily could have ended, you know, right there with God issuing that Job should pray for his friends and that's it. But it goes on and it shows the restoration of Job to it to something that was far greater than where we started at. You know, back at the beginning, Job was a, a wealthy man. He was blessed. But at the end, it says that he's blessed even more. And, you know, to Brian's point, he lived a full life. Yeah, he mean, got to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, we always hear, uh, you know, you know, every life begins, but, you know, it's the goal of each person to end well. You mm-hmm. know, you know, and, uh, you know, everybody, honestly, they do want to live a life that is full of years. I mean, it, it means a life that is rich. I mean, mm-hmm. as we said, it means a life that ends well. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's something that we can glean. You know, looking back over the entire book of Job, as we've come to the end, you know, we, we called this uh, this grouping questions. You know, Job started out asking questions of God. Satan came asking questions of God. You know, everything had a good bit of questioning to it. And at the end, the answers were revealed, you know, in a way that was humbling. Mm -hmm. And it was so, you know, to see Job stand in his faith, as, as Brian mentioned, that, you know, he tested his faith. He said, this is the way that it is, even though his friends were pushing against him. His wife pushed against him everything pushed against him he stayed firm in his faith yeah he had questions but and, the and, fact and, of the and matter any, any misspoke yeah mis- yeah but one thing that certainly is a testament to him is he never curses god exactly time, even though he was told to. mm-hmm. and that was that was the whole thing that started this was satan said he will curse your name mm-hmm. and he never did you know, we've said this time and time again through this book. To suffer as Job suffered, it would be hard yeah. to stay as focused. That's why, you know, the, the saying is you have the patience of Job. Because the man did. In the face of everything that happened, he stayed patient. And even at the end, he wasn't too proud to admit that he made a mistake, that he was wrong. And that he misspoke. Yeah. You know, we make mistakes. We misspeak. We say things that uh, sometimes come out of a rash mind. But the fact is, it's it's getting to that place where you can humble yourself enough to admit, you know, I was wrong. Yeah. You know, and before we wrap it up, Greg, I, I just want to make a comment. You know, you, you definitely, uh, again, you definitely nailed it on the head the other day when you, when you said, when you talked about humility and everything, mm-hmm. because... 
you know, we still want to ask that question because the, the answer isn't directly answered, but it, I believe it's answered within, the, you know, what takes place when, when we see the authority, you know, various things we talked about, the authority, the relationship that happens, all of this. You know, we ask the question, why did Job suffer then? You know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, being a Christ type, you know, intercessory prayer and everything. But also, you know, no answer is given in the text, but there are several clues. You know, for instance, we see at the beginning that Job cried out, and I loved when you said this, when he cried out, what he feared had come upon him. I mean, as Christians, we're told that, you know, fear the Lord your God alone. You know, and it's a reverent fear and everything. But obviously Job was holding something back. And when you have a fear, you really are. You're holding something back from God. And we see all of this, and we have to ask ourselves, well, what did he fear? And we, we see all, you know, his riches. Mm -hmm. We see, you know, his family. Things that he loved dearly. Mm -hmm. and, and all of this is stripped away. And then we see someone, you know, he says that, you know, his great fear has come upon him. The great thing that he did not want to happen... You know, something that he was keeping from God, it happened. And so, things that you can take pride in. Mm -hmm. And so, many times, pride is at the root of our sin and everything. And so, when he's when it's all stripped away, we can, we can, I mean, can it be that Job's relationship with God was flawed by fear that blocked full trust and love? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a question we have to ask ourselves. And then also, uh, you know, certainly Job's meeting with God replaced something. It replaced, you know, because he, you could say that he heard about God. You know, he heard of God, but now he was seeing. Mm -hmm. He was having conversation with God, and from that he could have relationship, you know, continuing on. And so, <clears throat> certainly his relationship with God became closer when he heard from him, mm -hmm. and he was able to see and confirm, because again, he did not have the written word. You know, uh, also, we have to remember that a, there's a deep release and freedom that are available to us as well when we let God's perfect love, you know, cast out our fear. And so that's something we can glean from it, you know, let God cast out your fear. You know, don't hold anything back from him because, you know, he has that love for us. He mm -hmm. wants that relationship with us. We've got to have that relationship with him too and not hold anything back from him. Not, not say, well, I'll give God this much but I'm gonna hold back this one fear or hold mm -hmm. back this one pleasure or this one desire whatever it may be no we've got to give it all to God and we gotta have that as they say that that abandon with him you know mm -hmm. completely abandon ourselves and give it all over to him you know uh, what else another question that uh, that I was reading in this was what you know what do we learn about our suffering mm -hmm. you know one message is clear uh, we're wrong if uh, we're we're we wrong God if we fall into a way of thinking kind of like Job's friends. You know, and some of the things that we were that they were saying, and you know, we are wrong if each uh, uh, we wrong God if each trial of ours is excused by condemning ourselves for supposed sins. You know, maybe we didn't commit the, commit a sin. Instead, we need to approach God with trust in his love, always in trust in his love and his righteousness. If there is sin in your life, God will reveal it to you. Say, "Lord, reveal whatever sin it may be if I if I I don't know maybe it's an unconscious sin maybe I did something that I, I'm not realizing say Lord reveal it if God has revealed no sin in your life it could be something else as mm -hmm. we said before maybe your suffering is for someone else's sake mm -hmm. and we don't have the full picture we always have to remember that we don't have the full picture but God sees it all and he sees the need if there is a need he sees a sin if there is a sin but regardless whether it be sin whether it be need or something else that we don't see 
trust and faith in Him mm-hmm. always. You know, and, and to that point, we can all have a fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian made a lot of good points about you know the fear and holding things back. You know, I I, I would almost be able to guarantee that after Job went through everything, the restoration that he had at the end of that, I don't think there would be anything else that would happen that he wouldn't have the knowledge, the the faith that God's going to take care of me. God's going to God's going to make all of this right. That He's he going to make all this about you right. Right. It's not just you know the the big kid in the sky with a magnifying glass and we're the ants. That's not who God is. You know. Yes, we do have suffering. Uh, you know, sin has caused pain and decay in this world. But the fact is, God's on the other side of that. God is there just waiting for us to seek after Him and to hold strong in our faith. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's not. we're not going to suffer. It simply means that He will be the one that restores us. You know, a purifying process is usually done through heat and fire and things like that. Hey, hey, you're hitting right on that because especially when we pray for stuff like, Uh hey, Lord, you know, make me more mature. Mm -hmm. You know, give me patience. You know, help me to be humble. I mean, when we (laughs) pray those prayers, I mean, we have to remember that there are other sides to it. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you pray for humility, when you pray for patience and such things, there's going to be a trial. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about standing on trial, but there's going to be a trial. There's going to be a period when you go through that God, mm-hmm. He's molding you. It's you know mm-hmm. testing you through fire and all this stuff. He's helping you. He's, you know, He's He's <laughs> answering your prayer. Uh-huh. I mean, don't you know you don't you don't pray for God? Hey, you know, could you do this? And then you know, kabam, and it's yeah. done. No, it's God saying, okay, mm-hmm. you know, that's a mature prayer. Yeah. Okay, it's a process. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm with you the whole time. Remember mm-hmm. that. And I th- you uh, you actually mentioned it early. You know, a faith that's not tested really isn't faith. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's 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 nothing, and it's it's like the sculptor who has a giant thing of stone and he's chipping that stuff away. You know, I'll be honest. I know stone's inanimate, but when you start chipping things off, you know, my my wife cut her finger last week. A little piece came off. It hurt. It's not a nice, comforting process. What's so amazing is, you know, we can we can complain, especially when you say, God, reveal the sins in my life. Reveal the things that are not of you. God will do that. And that's when the painful process happens that you've got to make that choice. Do you continue, even though you know what it is, living this way, or do you start getting rid of these things? Yeah, do you love your sin more than God? Exactly. You really have to ask yes. question that. And I think Spurgeon, uh, you know, uh, and I'll get to that quote in a minute. But uh, oftentimes, when we hear repentance, you know, you know, if if it is in relation to repentance mm-hmm. of what what God is revealing in your life, oftentimes repentance has become like a dirty word with us. Oh. We, we're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to think about that, you know. And uh, but Spurgeon reminds us in this one quote that I looked up that the door of repentance opens into the hall of joy. Mm-hmm. We don't realize the joy oftentimes that we will feel, you know, when we unload that weight on God. Because mm-hmm. that's what sin is. It is a weight. 
it is so much, and it's keeping us be, from you know reaching that fulfillment with God, mm-hmm. and so and it, you know it's it's causing that rift between us. But when we turn over repentance, we have that joy yeah. that fills its place. Yeah, and, you know I, I I like that that statement because in all honesty, you know sin loves to be uh, in a, in a metaphorical darkness, and it doesn't like the light shined on it. And so many times when we sin, we retreat from God. Mm-hmm. We hide that and we, we stuff it down and we say, oh, you know, I, I, I can't go to God like this. I mean, look at me. I, I'm, I'm filthy. I, I'm, I'm dirty. I can't, I can't go before a righteous God looking like this. And so, you know, just like Adam did and Adam, they, they hid. You know, sin makes us hide from God, and God's just standing right there, you know, saying, I, I want you. I love you. Let me clean you. Let me make, let me wash away those sins. Let me help you. But it's a choice, you know, and that's, Job had a choice throughout all of, all of this. He could have cursed God. He could have listened to his friends. He could listen to his wife. He could have done all these different things. But he didn't. And at the end, he wasn't too proud to admit. I mean, he, he could have easily started pointing his fingers at his friends. Well, yeah, but they said this, and, you know, why? I mean, why why would you do this to me? And, yeah, you know, he could have... There's, so many different things that could have happened. Yeah, they, they motivated me. Yeah, and all right. They incited me. And, I don't know. But uh, instead, he repented. He, he didn't say, well, you know, God, why did you let this happen to me? Or what? He said, I was wrong. I, I misspoke. I, I, I'm sorry. And, you know, God, God looks at that. God looks at a truly repentant heart and says, you know what, let's let's start working on this. And sometimes the process isn't easy. Sometimes the process isn't short. But God is right there, as Brian said, He's right there every step of the way guiding you down this path. You know, there's a word in Scripture that I was thinking about today, and it's kind of, to me, man, this could be like a holy word or something, mm-hmm. I don't know. But the word was enough. I, kept, mm-hmm. I was looking at it before I came to the podcast, and... And we can actually see that, you know, so many times, you know, someone goes so far and finally God says, enough. Or, you know, it reaches, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, on the punishments on Israel, you know, they, they, you know, God would have an angel punishing Israel and then he would say, he'd say, enough, enough. You know, so many times, you know, God reaches out and he says, enough. You know, whether it be the struggle in your life, I mean, that, that very well could be the struggle in your life, the sin in your life, whatever it may be, it reaches a point where God says, enough. Mm-hmm. And God, uh, He intercedes, and He comes, you know, on our behalf, and He helps us. I mean, that's what you have to pray for. Is, is you know, Lord, you know, whenever you're in, whenever you're in sin, say, Lord, let it be enough. Mm-hmm. You know, help me to, you know, help me to repent. You know, sometimes we—that's what we need. I mean, a lot of times we need His help to help, you know, to reach that point, to to get uh, to get past all that, mm-hmm. to reach that uh, pinnacle. Yeah, and so we have to ask, you know, if, if you're facing a situation like Job, you know, you're facing, you know, suffering in your own life, you, you know, you're reaching a point where you're saying, you know, you know, is it enough? You know, it's just enough. We ask that you please turn to God, you know, and say, Lord, please, you know, help me. You know, remember to have trust, have humility, let go of your pride, and reach out to God and say, Lord, please, just, you know, help me in my life. 
you would join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much for uh, for this adventure that we've got to take through uh, the book of Job, Lord, that uh, we've reached this point, Lord, that we can we can see the humility of Job and and the restoration that you brought about. And Lord God, we, we pray for a restoration uh, for anyone who who sees this this episode, Lord, or any of this stuff, Lord. I pray restoration on their hearts and their lives, Lord. And I pray that people would start to see enough with their sin and turn to you, God. Lord, thank you for all the many blessings that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody in the community that's sick or hurting or struggling with something, Lord God, that you would be right there with them and that that you would just reveal yourself to them. Uh, Give them strength, Lord, to continue pressing forward in you, Lord. I pray if anybody doesn't know you as their as their Lord and Savior, Lord, that they would do it. Bef- they would come to know you before it's too late. Lord, thank you for this ministry. Thank you for uh, the fellowship. Thank you for everything. I, I, we just can't say that enough. Lord, please forgive us where we fail you. And forgive us of our sins, Lord. In your holy name, we pray. Amen. And now for the proverb, Proverbs chapter twenty, verses one through five. Reading from the English Standard Version. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. The terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger forfeits his life. It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife. But every fool will be quarreling. The slugger does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Well, guys, as always, you can check us out on the web at www.stillripples.org. Yeah, that's the medium where you can reach us in many different ways or communicate with us. You can visit our Twitter page or Google+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Check out our blog. Yep. Uh, you know, if you do decide to leave a comment or anything like that, we do ask that uh, you be respectful, uh, as we will be respectful back. Uh, you can leave a comment down below. Uh, you know, feel free to check out uh, really any and all of our stuff. We haven't always done video, so there's some audio files out there. You can go ahead and take a look at the early years. Um, but uh, you know, we appreciate uh, you guys sticking with us to the Book of Job, and we look forward to the next few uh, podcasts with you. And yeah, suggest something. Maybe we'll go through another book or we'll address whatever topic that you have for us. Mm -hmm. As always, thank you. God bless.